The 2022 Florida Gators recruiting class is ready to step up after a full year on campus. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Wilson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. And like I mentioned, we are going to talk about the 2022 Florida Gators that are ready to step up. And I mean the 2022 recruiting class freshman only. Okay, that's that's where we're going with. And as in people who were freshmen in 2022, not transfer players. First off is the guy that I think a lot of us are expecting to be the next big thing as far as Florida Gators linebackers go, and that's Shamar James. I think that, you know, during the offseason, a lot of people were like, oh, he's going to be the next big thing. He's going to be the next big thing. And then recently, haven't really heard it. It's been most of the focus on myself included, Princely, Graham Mertz, whatever's happening with them. And all that, but Shamar James is still going to be the next great Florida Gators linebacker, or at least should be. He's going to be stepping up into that will linebacker role that Amari Bernie is obviously now in the NFL with. And I will say that I don't think this is a hot take at all, but I think Shamar James is more talented than Amari Bernie. Maybe Amari Bernie's a little tiny bit more overall athletic, but even then, I don't think that's true. But I think that uh, Shamar James is more talented than Amari Bernie. And his usage is going to be similar. So when you think of, well, Amari Bernie had the best year of his career by a massive margin in 2022. And then you go, okay, well, more athletic or better Amari Bernie. It's promising, right? First off, whenever you face a quarterback that's mobile, which... Hello, week one, Cam Rising, assuming he's fully healthy, which I still will not really buy until I see it, he's going to be the spy. Like, that's going to be Shamar James' responsibility. He's going to be the spy on mobile quarterbacks. He's going to be an underneath defender a lot. He's going to be working in the flats a lot. I think that's one thing he's going to be doing better than Amari Bernie was working in the flats when you go quarters coverage, which you'll see less quarters coverage, but you have a lot of range to cover if you're a line if you're an outside linebacker in quarters or even if you're an inside, but different kind of range there. Austin Armstrong, the new Florida Gators defensive coordinator, is going to be, we'll say significantly more aggressive than Patrick Tony was. That alone should be a huge difference in terms of production, success, and Shamar James just being able to get into the backfield and get after the quarterback. Like Shamar James, 
We talk about Amari Bernie had a great pass rushing season last year. We talk about a few guys who had some pretty strong pass rushing seasons. What we don't talk about is Shamar James having rushed the passer 27 times. That's it. He rushed the passer 27 times in 2022. That's like what? 2.25 times per game or something like that. 27 times he rushed the passer in 2022. He had two sacks and three more pressures added onto that in just that small sample size. And obviously, I'm not saying that's sustainable. Like if you rush him 130 times, I don't think he's going to have 10 sacks. But it is notable that that he's been incredibly productive in the very, very, very limited opportunities that he was given this year. And I think he's going to be, or I'm sorry, I know he's going to be given more opportunities this year because that's what Austin Armstrong is going to do. Austin Armstrong is going to blitz his linebacker kind of a lot. You're going to see that number jump a bit from 27 to probably, I want to say he's probably going to double it. I think that Shamar James is going to be used about twice as often. And hey, maybe he has two more sacks. Maybe he only has one more. Maybe he's got a few more pressures. But he will be more effective this year because that's also going to be something that he's going to be taught to do more often. He's going to be taught how to rush the passer, how to time that blitz. And he's getting more experience, so he's going to just improve there overall as well. Like Shamar, prime for a big year, obviously. Talking a lot about pass rush. Not a pass rusher, off-ball linebacker. Guess what you need to do in off-ball when you're an off-ball linebacker? Your responsibilities. First, stop the run. First and foremost, stop the run. Florida this year should have a more effective defensive line. And I don't want to say better, but more effective. I think Cam Jackson coming in is a huge plus. I think Chris McClellan probably taking that other starting defensive tackle spot. Huge plus, which we'll talk about Chris in a little bit. Then having Prince Lee Monmi Allen play Jack with Justice Boone likely being the defensive end means you've got bigger bodies at three of your four spots, and then you've got your star pass rusher, or who should be your star pass rusher at Jack linebacker. That means offensive lines are going to have their hands full with three pretty powerful dudes and then Prince Lee on an island probably. Front four being improved. Like, there's no other way to put it. Probably 30% of linebacker play is the defensive line in front of you. Having a more improved, or, well, screw it. We're going to say better. We're going to say better defensive line in front of Shamar James. That should give him more lanes to operate cleanly. Less worrying about, and not this is a concern, but less worrying about shedding blocks and and more focusing on just, hey, Guard, tackle, occupied, shoot the gap. You're going to get to see more of that from Shamar James, assuming that's his run fit. You're going to see more of that. Cleaner, cleaner line of scrimmage for the Florida Gators is going to be a big expectation here. So Taraja Mitchell working at Mike, probably Derek Wingo, whoever it is, they should have cleaner lanes. So should Shamar James. So should Shamar James. And Shamar, being as athletic as he is, especially compared to whoever it's going to be a Mike linebacker. Shamar should be able to shoot gaps better and cleaner and make more plays. I mean, even last year in, I think it was like 160 run defense snaps. He had 15 tackles that went for a gain of three or less 15 run stops. According to PFF, 
that's fantastic production. He's going to get better just himself talent-wise. He's got a scheme that is more him-friendly, and he's got better defensive linemen in front of him or a better defensive line group overall in front of him. This is 2023 is looking all up for Shamar James. Like he's going to be a big time player should be a big time player for the Florida Gators in 2023. Assuming he stays healthy. We are going to flip to the offensive side of the ball, but first today's episode of lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook, number one in the sportsbook, number one in your heart. Okay. That's what it is. Um, that Miami Heat Boston Celtics series was nothing short of ridiculous. Thank you so much, Caleb Martin. You made me and you a lot of money. So good job there. New customers with FanDuel Sportsbook get a no sweat first bet up to hear this. Click, check, make sure that you can hear this. Two thousand five hundred dollars. That's up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's up from $1,000, by the way. So that's a pretty big jump. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. And I said we're flipping to the offensive side of the ball for this one because we are. Next player is obviously Trevor Etienne. I think everybody is expecting that one. And, and also, I will say this because I know Shamar James was obvious. Trevor Etienne, kind of obvious. Like, now we're talking about guys who saw significant playing time last year and are going to see it this year. Or saw, we'll say, considerable playing time last year and are going to see even more this year. We'll talk later about, or we'll talk another day, about guys who are stepping up from that depth reserve spot to starters or big time contributors. Cause I feel like that's cheap to say that they're going to break out. Obviously they're going to break out. They're seeing significantly more playing time. So I digress there though. Trevor Etienne is the guy that we're talking about. I do think that we're going to see more volume from him overall offensively. First off. Yes. Montreal Johnson is going to see a lot of carries. Trevor Etienne is going to see a lot of carries. Both of those things are true. However, I think the biggest difference that you're going to see is one, this team's going to run the football more. Probably they want to, they want to run the football more with running backs. All those carries that Anthony Richardson had last year. In fact, let's I'm going to look this up right now because I do think it's important to say that all those carries that Anthony Richardson had last year, they're up for grabs. Like they're not going to Graham Mertz. The, 65 carries that Anthony Richardson had last year, the 43 of them that were designed, those are up for grabs. Like those, those are available for another running back to take them. Whether that's Cam Carroll, whoops, the 58 left by Naquan Wright and Lorenzo Lingard, those can go to Cam Carroll. You can even take all the other ones that went to Eddie Battle, Carlson Joseph. You can take Xavier Henderson's, take Jeremy Crosshaw's one fake. Uh, you can do all that. You could take those, but there's a lot of carries now. There's about a hundred carries that opened up just from the transfer portal and the draft. So Trevor Etienne is going to see more. Montreal Johnson is going to see more. Cam Carroll is going to see some. And also this is a team that wants to run more. So on top of a hundred carries being available, this is the team that wants to run more. There's more volume available for Trevor Etienne. 
also, you have a quarterback who has proven he likes to throw the ball to running backs. Anthony Richardson didn't. Not that he didn't like to throw them. I don't know if he likes to throw them, but he didn't throw to them. To Trevor Etienne, going to see probably more carries, definitely more catches than he had last year. Also, you look at just the offseason of training he had. You look at the spring he had, and I'm not going to sit here and go, oh my God, he dominated spring. He's ready to dominate college football. No, because that's silly. That like That's just a silly approach to take. Everybody looks good in spring. That's what happens. But I will say that last year, Trevor Etienne did what he did in the SEC as a true freshman. Now he has legitimately an entire year of SEC, Florida, weight room, nutrition, the strength and conditioning program. He's got a year of that. Last year, I mentioned Trevor Etienne looks like he, he's got a rocked up frame, but he played not as strong as I'd like. I'd like from the add a little bit of weight, a little bit of power to his run game and to pass protection. You look at last year to this year, he still looks rocked up, but guess what? He looked faster in spring. He did. We'll see if that maintains because I know also a lot of times in spring people lose weight just because it's so hot and they're getting right back into it and they're burning a little bit. So we'll see if the if the speed carries over. But even the spring game, I posted the clip. He destroyed, I think it was Kamari Wilson in pass protection. Completely upended him. Just whoop, up in the air. So Trevor Etienne... He looked better in the spring than he did last year. Especially when you're talking about last year, he had an All-American guard. He had an All-SEC guard. He had an NFL offensive tackle, who is now Richard Garrosh with the Buffalo Bills. He had Michael Tarquin, who's now at USC, going to be a starting tackle. They gave him a pretty good deal to go there. You're looking at a probably worse offensive line in the spring. We definitely saw a worse offensive line than last year. And he still looked pretty dang good. Okay. So Trevor Etienne, whether or not his actual efficiency improves, we'll see a lot of that depends on the offensive line, but I think Trevor Etienne just touch wise is going to be way better. His passing efficiency is going to improve, no doubt in my mind. I think Trevor Etienne did a pretty good job this offseason of showing, hey, like I'm capable of bulking, of gaining speed, of improving my pass protection, which for me, I know I know a lot of people don't care about that. I do. I do. Okay? Like I, I know not everybody cares about that. I know you might not care about that, but I do. Because pass protection for a running back matters. I know this. I'm a Giants fan. I saw Saquon Barkley get Daniel Jones killed and lead to multiple Daniel Jones fumbles. I, I want to avoid that. So for me, pass protection matters at a running back. Trevor Etienne, whether or not he's improved long term, whether or not he was just having a good day during uh, the spring game, whatever it is, Looks like he's better in pass protection than he was last year, and that's a huge plus. Moving back to the defensive side of the ball to wrap this one up, 
someone that I've spoken about quite a bit that I think is going to be, I, I, I've said it, I was like, I think he's got legit great potential as a pass rusher. Like in the NFL, I think he could be a very good pass rusher. That's Chris McClellan. Like, will he be amazing? Maybe, maybe not. But he does have the potential to be a one-man wrecking crew. No doubt in my mind about it. Like, he he can be a legitimate high-ranking NFL offensive uh, NFL defensive tackle, especially when you look at the pass rush ability that he has. He Chris McClellan, as a true freshman last year, was a powerful rusher. Chris McClellan moved multiple. SEC guards. I don't care, you know, if you're like, oh, it was Missouri. It was this. I don't care what you say. A true freshman coming in and jacking up SEC guards is impressive. Okay. No other way around it. So you've got a powerful rusher with an aggressive defense that's looking to cause havoc. I spoke about this with Princely Umami Ellen. Um, is it yesterday's show? Two days ago. Monday show. Yeah, it was it was Monday show. Um, with Princely Umami Allen with getting one-on-ones, clouding the line of scrimmage to create those one-on-ones, blitzing to create those one-on-ones. Because if we rush five, you need to have all five of your offensive linemen blocking. Maybe you'll keep a tackle, maybe you keep a uh, tight end, running back, whatever. But we should create one-on-ones. That's the goal. Like that's that's Austin Armstrong's philosophy. He's like, we should create one-on-ones here and we should win those one-on-ones. Chris McLellan getting a one-on-one is a problem if you're a quarterback. Because guess what? He can bull like legitimately bull rush interior offensive linemen back. And if you're a quarterback, if you're mobile, hopefully there's going to be contain on the edges. So you're gonna have to step up. If Chris McClellan's pushing your guard back into your lap, you ain't stepping up into nothing. Can't step into your throws. Can't can't create those big plays throwing the ball because you've got you can't step into it. You can't escape the pocket either. So Chris McClellan should be able to get those one-on-ones and create pressures off of those. Primarily with his bull rush, I, that's kind of like the only thing that he really did consistently last year, consistently successful last year but if he can kind of get it together pick it up a little bit we're looking at someone that can be great but that bull rush alone it's pretty damn good move of his then you also look at just positional versatility which is something that i talk about ad nauseum uh, i do and i understand that you know not everybody cares about positional versatility because they're like hey if you can line up and you're in your spot and do your job that's all i care about i promise you every defensive coordinator they like positionally versatile players. Okay. So Chris McClellan, positional versatility. He can play the one tech. He can play the three tech. And I mean, even last season, we saw him play the five tech a bit. Like you could see him play those spots. And for those of you who don't know, if you don't know the, the tech that I'm talking about, it's it's where the defensive lineman is lined up compared to the offensive line. So a one tech is usually who you think of as your nose tackle. Uh, Zero is lined up directly above the center. One tech is lined up on either shoulder of the center. Three tech, which is another thing I was talking about. So Javon Dexter played last year, the outside shoulder of the guard. So on the left shoulder of the left guard, right shoulder of the right guard. The five tech, 
outside shoulder of the tackle. So left shoulder of the left tackle, right shoulder of the right tackle. It's that outside shoulder. Chris McClellan played all of those last year, mostly the one and the three, but he did also play the five tech a a tiny bit. He did also play the five tech in his senior year of high school. That's what he did. And he can play that. Again, I don't want him playing that frequently. I'd prefer that to be Justice Boone, Prince Liam on Mielin, um, Tariq Sapp even. But if you're going to put him there, it should be an obvious rundown situations. Put him there, not even on the goal line, because on the goal line you need his interior push, but in obvious running downs for a team that runs wide a lot, yeah, I could totally see putting Chris McLeod in there. He can make that stop. He can make that play. He can push that tackle back. He can make that stop, and or he can make that running back redirect. Fantastic. So I think that positional versatility there is something that Austin Armstrong is probably going to have fun with. Because if they're playing a team that wants to run the football a lot, like, it would not shock me if against Utah, we saw Prince Leumann Mellon at the Jack. You saw Cam Jackson and Desmond Watson on the interior. And then you saw Chris McClellan at D-end at the five-tech. Would not shock me in the slightest to see that combination of front four players. You could even put someone bigger than Princely out there if you want. You can you could put Justice Boone out there. I don't, give, I don't care. <laughs> you could do that. And you can see that against those run-heavy teams. Would not shock me to see that combination of defensive linemen out there. Desmond Watson at the one. Cam Jackson at the three. Uh... Princely or Boone at the Jack and Chris McClellan at the five. Wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Also with the defensive interior having more depth this season, you won't see Chris McClellan get stuck in the Javon Dexter's playing too many snaps situation. That won't happen. Wouldn't happen to him next year either, because guess what? 2023 class, they're going to be ready to play for sure in 2024. Might be ready to play 2023 significant snaps, but 2024, they're going to be ready. So you won't see him get stuck in that situation. Like Chris McAllen, Trevor Etienne, Shamar James, three guys from the 2022 class that most of Florida Gators fans love, but are ready to take that next step towards greatness in 2023. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day, every day. We'll be back tomorrow. And Friday, talking this big official visit recruiting weekend that the Florida Gators got set up for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And I will see you all tomorrow.